if you if you want to look for the perfect president and and you'll only praise the perfect president you're never going to find that president if you're going to if you're you only want to join the perfect political party you're never going to find a political party and you're going to have no impact on the world mm-hmm. if you want to go to the perfect university you're not going to find it you might then don't go to a university and my point in saying that is that um in this world where nothing is perfect that doesn't mean that we can't support a cause or we can't say oh uh that was a good and righteous cause and so if, if one takes the position of oh you know every, there were bad things happening at this time and everything at that time is tainted with that bad thing and so that whole thing is discredited well you're going to discredit every single thing in american history or in, in world history mm. you know every positive thing that came out uh is suddenly washed away because it was a fallen world at that moment Welcome to the Know Why podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. For many of us, it's not enough to know what people say about life's most important questions. We also want to know why. Each week, Know Why tackles tough questions on topics ranging from spirituality to current events. While we approach these issues from a Christian perspective, we discuss diverse opinions and ultimately dive into what the research says. Are you ready to know why? Let's get started. What's the right way to study problematic historical figures? Welcome to the Know Why podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. Today's generations are not oblivious to the problems of the past. In recent years, young people in America have participated in important cultural conversations about our nation's history and how we look at it. Part of that has included questioning whether certain historical figures or other aspects of our history are worth studying, remembering, or honoring. And here to jump into that conversation with us today is Richard Lim. He is the host of This American President, a history podcast that delves into the lives and legacies of the men who have occupied the White House. It's a great podcast. I definitely recommend it. And I'm very thankful that Richard is here today. Thanks for joining us, Richard. It's great to be here, Liberty. So just to get started, tell us a little bit about how you got into the study of American presidents. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, uh, when I was a kid, uh, there were a lot of documentaries out about uh, presidents, but specifically about President Kennedy, because in 1991, uh, the movie JFK came out, which was, uh, you know, it was about his assassination. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a highly uh, manipulative very inaccurate uh, piece of history, uh, but it, it definitely sparked a lot of uh, interesting debate about what happened during the assassination. And then uh, in 1993, it was the 30th anniversary of Kennedy's assassination. So that got me fascinated in history and in, in President Kennedy. And then that turned into, uh, once you study Kennedy, you start learning about the other people that were part of his time, Eisenhower, Johnson, Nixon. And before you knew it, I had a, I had a phase on Lincoln and, and then on George Washington. And so it, it basically spread from there. Mm. So uh, you're a little bit of a nerd then is what I'm getting. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge <laughs> nerd, basically. Oh, but well, we're all nerds. Ner- nerds are cool now, right? Oh, definitely. I would consider myself a nerd. Um, probably not as smart of one as you, but yeah. Um, it's cool to be a nerd. And, <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> well, I but I I'm love glad where nerds are united. Yes, let's let's unite, and I'm I'm so glad that you are an expert um, in this area because it's really important for kind of this moment in time 
Um, and, and so I want to talk a, a little bit about your process, though, because you obviously like history is your thing. Um, so when you approach a new historical subject, whether it's a figure or an event in history, uh, first of all, just tell us a little bit about your approach. Um, you know, what do you read? Do you focus on primary sources or how do you know that you're getting an act, an accurate uh, picture of what you're studying? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I basically read anything I can about a particular figure if I'm really interested in them. So, for instance, when I'm, I'm doing a podcast episode about, uh, you know, uh, President Calvin Coolidge or something, just, you know, could be any president. Uh, you know, it's great to read books to get an understanding, and it's great to read books from different parts of the political aisle. And mm-hmm. uh, most academic books probably have a, a liberal bent to them. Um, and, but, you know, even though some people might not like that, I think it's okay to read that because it's okay to read what people have written about them, whether you agree or not. So I I read books on President Coolidge, like Amity Schles, who's a conservative historian. I read her book. I read uh, the book that um, uh, there were a number of liberal historians that wrote a series on all the presidents. And so I read that on Calvin Coolidge. And then primary sources are, are good to really get into the meat of it. When you read a biography, it's you get a good general idea mm-hmm. uh, of, of kind of the debate. Uh, I, I think at least two to three books, if you want to really get to know a subject, are really helpful. And then you delve into the primary sources as well. You could do that before or after. It doesn't matter. But Calvin Coolidge wrote an autobiography. Uh, there are speeches about uh, that, you know, of his that are, are uh, you can look up online. Um, and a lot of historical figures, uh, there are books that compile their speeches into into one book. Mm. Uh, the Library of America, they've done that for a number of American figures, mainly founding fathers, but also Presidents Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt. And so all that stuff, anything you could read about that person, uh, the better. And, and, and that includes, you know, essays, academic essays. If you're on JSTOR, there's all sorts of great material there that you could sift through. Wow. Well, that's really good to know, um, and I think it's also good to know that you have done your homework. So whenever you talk about um, this topic today, you know what you're talking about. And in your study— yeah, and I, even podcasts. I mean, there there are podcasts that I've listened listen to, and uh, they can't get into as much of the detail just because mm-hmm. of length. But again, it's it, it kind of is in the same space as biographies. It, it gives you a good idea of how people talk about a particular subject, the literature that's out there already. Right. And so there's obviously, you know, there is a lot of information, especially in this day and age. Um, and I, I think I read something somewhere that like millennials and Gen Zers are, um, you know, really good at research or like our default is to look up something because if we don't know it or we are skeptical about it, we can literally just go online and start start researching. So there are so many resources at our fingertips um, and so much to learn, so, so many ways we can learn about different historical figures if we're interested in that. But today, a lot of the conversation, I think, resolves, re- revolves around whether we should really study certain figures or what we should think about them because they're problematic. You know, they, they did, they did something that was morally repugnant, something that doesn't align with the values of today or just good values in general, some would argue. Um, but in your study, you studied a lot of people. Have you ever come across somebody that wasn't problematic in some way? Well, so I would say that the more you study a person, the more you realize how human they are. Mm. And even our greatest figures 
Uh, obviously, there are kind of the big things that you learn about certain figures. You know, when you when you learn about figures that are being kind of uh, attacked for for things like slavery, owning slaves, or their positions. Obviously, those are things that you hear about. But even if if it's not something like that, if you read a particular figure that might be beloved, and you learn about them, you learn that they made mistakes. You learn that you know. Sometimes they, they might not have always been a nice person. They had their ups and downs in life. Um, and so I, I think that that's just, that's just something that you inevitably will discover as you read about somebody. I think that I, I do believe it's a matter of how you define problematic, not to sound too lawyerly here or anything, but mm-hmm. um, the, the same figures that or the, the same things that are problematic for one group are are, are not as problematic for other groups. So it depends on where you sit. Um, you know, there are people that when they look at the founding fathers and they look at certain founding fathers that had slaves, they, they look at that as kind of the defining characteristic of that person, which is oftentimes how, say, like the 1619 Project will look at them. But then you have other people that will look at them and say, okay, yeah, they did own slaves, and uh, there are fair discussions about that and fair criticisms, but is that their defining feature? And so is that their major contribution? Um, so from where you sit, you could look at these founders and say, okay, yeah, they own slaves, but they also created the uh, freest, most prosperous country republic in history that's given hope to millions, if not billions of people. And so uh, I would say that problematic, uh, you know, yes, there are always going to be things problematic about people. I think the list of people that are universally beloved is shrinking just mm-hmm. because of the way we've deconstructed this, these figures. And, and when you asked me this question, a, a couple people came to mind. So, uh, you know, someone like uh, Abraham Lincoln has been beloved, but even he, even he has been criticized by people. Oh. Uh, I would say maybe the last few people left are maybe the scientists. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know too many people that hate uh, Albert Einstein right. or Isaac Newton. I think those are figures that people still, because they didn't deal with social issues, mm-hmm. that maybe they still have that kind of universal positive uh, appraisal about them. So I, I think the list is getting getting shorter, unfortunately. Right. And, and I don't actually know this for a fact because I haven't studied those figures, but even the people who are universally beloved, if we you know, delved into their personal lives or their relationships or things that they may have believed about other social issues. Um, maybe they just didn't speak publicly about it. We'd probably be disappointed, I would say. Um, and I think that goes to show that people are consistent. They have been throughout life, just like you were talking about the founding fathers. You know, they founded what you like you said, what has been the freest, most properest, prosperous nation in history. Um, and what they wrote in many ways set the foundation for, you know, the eventual abolition of slavery. Um, and yet they own slaves. And, and that was an inconsistent, that was an inconsistency. Um, and so I guess part of, part of what you do probably as a historian is just, you know, learning that maybe what somebody contributed to society or to history or what we can learn from them is not the same as who they are as a human being. Yeah. And I, I think that it, it, it helps us reflect on ourselves. I mean, there are all sorts of things that I believe, and there are all sorts of things that I fail to live up to. That's just me. That's everyone, honest, if we're all mm-hmm. honest with ourselves. And I think that we shouldn't let <clears throat> those things detract from the great things that people did. 
Um, I, I also think you have to consider the fact that people lived within certain constraints of their time. And uh, let's say with the founding fathers, people say, oh, they should have abolished slavery and all this stuff. And it's, well, if they tried to address all the evils of their time, the country might not have ever been created and, you know, things like that. And, and there were a lot of founders that wanted to free their slaves, but it, it, the timing, they were so busy creating a country that they weren't able to do it financially. Like it, there are all sorts of complications. Uh, one person I was going to mention, not a founder, but Mother Teresa, she's somebody that seems to be beloved by many, many people, mm. but even she's provoked, uh, you know, some controversy. I mean, there are people that, you know, like uh, uh, libertarians I've heard, or there's some people that basically look at her as the equivalent of uh, like a welfare, uh, you know, kind of figure. So mm. again, uh, it really depends on where you sit. The human condition is such that we should understand every human is problematic to an extent. Right. And I bet depending on somebody's religion or political party, there may be faults that they're willing to overlook in a certain political figure that their opponents would not be willing to overlook. So like you said, we have to, you know, look at ourselves as well and realize that we're all we can all be inconsistent at times. But taking Mm -hmm. this a bit further, do you think there is a difference between studying a historical figure to learn about what they contributed or valuable lessons and then like glorifying or honoring them as a person? Yeah, no. So uh, I think that's a great question. Um, One distinction I want to make is the one between glorifying and honoring, because Mm -hmm. glorifying, I think, has a there's kind of a negative uh, connotation with it. It's 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 like hagiographical. It's it's elevating someone to say like a, uh, uh, you know, like a godly status and I think that there's definitely there have definitely been times where we've done that. I think people have done that throughout history. You know, uh, emperors were deified as gods, mm-hmm. and that's something that uh, the human heart, who which has a a tendency to worship something, that's that's kind of an inevitable outgrowth of that. So there have been times where that's been excessive, and mm-hmm. then at, at a certain point we kind of turn the other way uh, during the progressive era where we really went after these, these sacred cows and we kind of took them apart and just, you know, and then ever since then, there's kind of been this middle road of, well, there's this way to honor people properly without deifying them. And I, I think that's kind of the sweet spot, you know, and there've been historical figures where there's this one historian who did a, uh, he wrote a book on George Washington and he said, the more we study him, and confirm his humanity, the more we confirm his greatness. Because, you know, we learn that that despite the fact that he was very human and made mistakes, he still accomplished this incredible thing. He still won the War of Independence and laid down power and all that stuff. And I I think um, glorifying, you know, you never want to go too far and make it seem as if George Washington never made a mistake or never, you know, Mm -hmm. did something wrong. But I think it, there are extremes both ways. And uh, there are times where I've seen people, I think, almost take it too far where they say, I've heard people say, oh, you know, we should never praise people because when we praise them, uh, you know, we're, we're somehow, uh, you know, like deifying them. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, that's not true. A lot of, the, you know, there are people I praise in my own life for being wonderful people, for being, I have, you know, I've had great bosses. I, you know, I, I've had great 
you know, my parents are wonderful and I, I have no problem praising them for that. I still see them as human. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same way with, with, you know, uh, presidents and Kings and emperors, you know, they can do great things, but you know, that that's what humans do. They're capable of great things, but they're also capable of, of, of bad things too. And so I, I think it's finding that sweet spot. And that's so good. And, um, just kind of, I, I wasn't planning on asking this question, but it's such an interesting conversation about human nature. Um, do you think that we're, you know, running the risk at this moment in our, our culture where we are, like you said, going after the sacred cows? Um, and again, I I'm, I'm, want to say I'm not against pointing out flaws of, you know, historical figures. Like you said, we shouldn't necessarily be glorifying people, but there is almost a, a danger of, you know, saying, well, that person or that that era or that philosophy is so problematic or was so wrong. They have nothing of value to offer, so we're not even going to study it anymore. Um, and then we're also human, though. We're not perfect. Do you think we're almost setting ourselves up to repeat certain mistakes again or or to, you know, kind of blind ourselves by limiting what we study, if that makes sense? Absolutely. If if you if you want to look for the perfect president and and you'll only praise the perfect president you're never gonna find that president if you're gonna if you're you only want to join the perfect political party you're never gonna find a political party and you're gonna have no impact on the world Mm -hmm. if you want to go to the perfect university you're not gonna find it you might then don't go to a university and my point in saying that is that um in this world where nothing is perfect that doesn't mean that we can't support a cause or we can't say, oh, uh, that was a good and righteous cause. And so if, if one takes the position of, oh, you know, every, there were bad things happening at this time and everything at that time is tainted with that bad thing. And so that whole thing is discredited. Well, you're going to discredit every single thing in American history or in, in world history. Mm-hmm. You know, every positive thing that came out uh, is suddenly washed away because it was a fallen world at that moment. And so uh, to me, uh, you know, you stud- I think you have to study the core of an idea and you look at, the say, the American Revolution. The core of the idea is the idea that all men were created equal. First time any government ever, any group of people ever said that. And they, they now, again, they weren't perfect. They were dealing with problems of the old world that were very difficult to deal with, like slavery. But was the cause good? Absolutely. It was a great cause. And it was the best cause you could have had at that time. So it, it's throwing up the baby with the bathwater, however you want to put it. If, mm-hmm. if we're looking for the perfect cause, the perfect movement, whatever, and we aren't going to study anything short of that, you've got nothing to study. Hmm. Wow. So good. So back to something we were talking about a minute ago. I'm just curious on your uh, what you think. Do you think there are examples of people or eras in American history that um, maybe different groups have glorified that maybe they should not have? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the you know, I, I don't know. There, there are people that might disagree with me on this, but and I, and I don't have a dog in this. Well, actually, I do have a dog in this site, but I, I'll say that uh, I think anytime you, you study about the Reconstruction movement and, and after the Civil War, there was kind of a, a glorification of the Confederate cause. Mm-hmm. And while I, you know, I, I have lived in the South, I lived in Louisiana for a while. I have lots of friends from the South. And I understand that a lot of people look down at Southerners and there are a lot of elitists. And I, I hate that. I think that's wrong. But at the same time, 
anyone who does embrace the Confederate cause, I think, um, I'm not saying all Confederates were alike, but I'm saying the fact of the matter is, is the vice president of the Confederacy, Alexander Stevens, said very clearly that this society is based on the superiority of the white man. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I'm not saying Robert E. Lee believed in that, but I am saying that if the vice president of the Confederacy said that, there's a cause that is, 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 should not be glorified. Right. And so uh, now I'm not saying we should tear down the statues uh, lawlessly, but I am saying that I think that's a cause that unfortunately has been glorified. The other cause, quite frankly, is the progressive cause. And those who looked at the progressive cause and believe that, you know, progress in America has always been forward thinking, has always been right, quite frankly, has not studied the progressive movement and the racism that was in there. Presidents like Woodrow Wilson that were blatant racist, the scientific racism that came out of it. Any idea that assumes that the, the vision of the future, the people that are, are always looking to the future, uh, are, are, that, that they're always right, they haven't studied history because the, the history of future ideas or ideas that people thought would catch on in the future is pretty horrible. A lot of people thought communism was the future. A lot of mm-hmm. people thought uh, Nazism was the future, and those were uh, disastrous. So I, I would say though, the progressive movement, I would say, is, is one of those where it, it has been improperly glorified. Wow, really interesting. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to get your tips for somebody who is interested in studying history. How do you approach it, what you've already talked about your approach a little bit, but just general tips for studying honestly and responsibly um, without minimizing problems of the past? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when when one studies history, I mean, first of all, uh, it, it's a dedication of time. I mean, to, to want to read books on a figure, to want to dedicate any other time, you really have to have a curiosity and, and a passion for it. Um, so, that, you know, that's the first one. So find some topic that you just you just can't get enough of, because that's what, you know, don't ever do it out of obligation. Oh, I just want to study history, because if you really want a good idea about something, uh, read a variety of books uh, or, or source material or articles on a particular subject coming from different positions and compare those and, and look at what, what do the facts say? You know, in, in my job recently, uh, I was looking at uh, I, I, I'm a fact checker in my day job. And I was looking at uh, this event that happened in recent history, and I heard the right side and I heard the left side. And, you know, me being someone that wants to be all uh, uh, objective, you know, you want to you want to make a conclusion. And, and a lot of people, I think, assume that when you study both sides, the truth will fall on in the middle, somewhere in the middle. And maybe that happens sometimes, but it depends. Right. Mm-hmm. And I studied it. And what I found was that actually one side was wrong and the other side was right. It wasn't a matter of the truth was somewhere in the middle. When I looked at the hard data, it actually like one side was definitively right. And one side was definitively wrong. It wasn't somewhere in the middle. So that happened Mm -hmm. and, and study that, learn that, read about that and read the things that challenge you. I mean, you know, one of the things uh, that used to bother me was that, so one of my friends had, uh, this book, Mein Kampf, in her uh, library. And every time we went to her house, someone would make a comment about it, and they would be like, oh, oh, gosh, you have Mein Kampf. Mm. Oh, that's disturbing. And and my opinion was, why? Like, yeah, it is disturbing. Why wouldn't you read it? In fact, if more people had read this book before 1941, maybe 
who knows? Maybe it would have been uh, the world would have understood how, why this was so bad. Mm-hmm. Read the stuff that people are afraid of reading for crying out loud, because people get so squeamish about this. Oh, don't read mine. Why do you have mine comp? That's such a horrible thing. You should read mine comp because maybe if more people read mine comp, less people would have been killed. So mm-hmm. just that that's my advice. Just read what you can uh, across different sides of the aisle and know sometimes the conclusion, sometimes one side is just plain wrong. And that's what I found. So, wow. Well, um, one more question I'm going to squeeze in here, um, discussing, you know, things that we feel squeamish about, about reading or that we might not want to study or have our kids study because we don't agree with. Um, I, I think that there have been a lot of examples in our history, obviously of, uh, banning certain information or saying, you know, we're not going to study this or we're not going to, um, you know, allow our children to read this. Um, and I think that actually happens on both sides. Um, but a lot of times we want to just say that our ideological enemies have done that. Do you, off the top of my head, this is just a question, have any examples that you're looking at right now of, you know, maybe one side of the political aisle or the other trying to kind of brush certain information under the rug because they're not comfortable with it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so the first thing I just wanted to add is that I'm not advocating for parents to take their three-year-old kid and, and shove mine comp in their face, right? right. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, you know, the, the educating children is a, a, a specific, that's a very specific thing we're talking about, right? So mm-hmm. I'm saying that as an adult, uh, you know, I think it's society's just better if more information's out there. That's, right. that's what I think. Um, so with all that said, uh, so you were asking about censorship, essentially, like, you know, mm-hmm. do people on one side or the other? I mean, I, I think it is a very human tendency when certain things are out there that, uh, you know, if, if something is inconvenient to what you believe, you're naturally not going to enjoy that it's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a very human thing. Unfortunately, people have acted on that. And, and you know, you look throughout, uh, let's say, during uh, World War One. Uh, the Wilson administration banned, they censored anything that was against the war effort. And, and his, history has not been kind to that, that kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, I think it's, you know, you see this in the media all the time. I mean, I, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a fact that when something doesn't fit a certain narrative, that it, it won't be played up. You know, for instance, uh, we just saw the election of uh, African-American, first African-American woman in, in Virginia as lieutenant governor. And normally people would love that, but because she's conservative, no one wants to hear that. Now, I, I'm not saying that, you know, that that uh, they're the only side that does it, but mm-hmm. I am saying that that's what you're seeing. And so I think, unfortunately, it's a very human thing. And I think the solution to that is more information. Put it out there. You know, if you're somebody that has influence over the media, say, hey, uh, Sorry, this doesn't help your narrative, but this is pretty darn cool. First mm-hmm. African American woman that is a lieutenant governor, and so that's one of the things I, I love about history is that it challenges you. You know, if you talk to your progressive friend and they talk about how racist conservatives are, what about the racist progressives like Woodrow Wilson? That challenges you. Or, or you know, there are lots of things that challenge conservatives too, because not every conservative has has done, been perfect either. So, uh, you know. More information, the more challenged you are, the healthier I think the debate will be. 
Great stuff, Richard. Thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, for those listening, we will have a blog post to accompany this podcast that has um, some more resources in it. Uh, think you can get a link to uh, Richard's podcast um, for if you want to dive deeper into this topic and the study of history and, and think more about this. So thank you again, Richard, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Pleasure to be on the show. And thank you for listening to the Know Why podcast.